0: Here we go, mental health champions. It is Tuesday, so that means it is time for a mental health break. My name is Vincent A. Lancy, and I am excited for this show because we connected at our mutual friend Pete and Sam's wedding as Dylan joined our Tampa family and married our college friend Jenna. He's here today to share his mental health journey and to inspire you all to push through the challenging times in your life. He certainly inspires me. He was faced with the adversity of losing a few family members while growing up and still is succeeding tremendously. He's got himself on TV a few times on The Bachelor and The Bachelor in Paradise in 2014, but right now he is crushing it as a CPA and also an advisor at a public accounting firm up in Massachusetts, so he is not a Yankee fan as well, but he sees me wearing the Yankee sweatshirt today, but I'm ready to kick this show off. And for this week's spotlight story, right at the halfway point, stay tuned because we are going to dive into an article from the Brain Tumor Charity titled, Ways to help and cope when someone you love is diagnosed with a brain tumor, and get Dylan's take on this as he has some firsthand experience to share with a family member being diagnosed, overcame tremendous odds. With that, Dylan, I wanna kick this show off. What does mental health mean to you?
1: Thank you very for having me. Really appreciate it. Happy to be here feels like it was yesterday when I first met you, but, um, obviously mental health is very important to me. Uh, it's kind of been something I've struggled with, I don't know, from a very young age. Uh, I grew up in Long Meadow Mass, which is a very, uh, well-off town. you think that someone growing up from there would be pretty easy, but in my situation it wasn't because of kind of what I was living through. Um, and from that day forward, I still feel like I struggle with it because you just just you put a lot of pressure on yourself and um, it's hard to cope and I have different ways of coping so um, I'm happy to talk about it I think it's very important uh, I think everyone should talk about it way more often than, than they do in people hold it in and I think it it builds up and it it kills you in the long run. At Tampa Counseling and Wellness, we want to remind you that it's okay to not be okay. Reaching out for support and asking for a little extra help can be overwhelming, but everyone deserves a safe space to heal. We're so honored to be that space for Florida residents. If you want to learn more about our services or you'd like to set up a free consultation with one of our clinicians, you can call or text us at 813-520-2807. We're looking forward to growing with you
0: well i appreciate having the courage to share your story and i agree with you there we all have a story to share and a big part of this show one of my many goals is that you don't really know which part of someone's journey is going to help you most resonate with you most it may be where you're from today someone may be listening on beyond from right there in mass is going to be hooked in they played sports you name it it's going to be a great show thanks again for coming on and starting this season off let's start right away though let's dive right into your mental health journey please share your story
1: I guess I can kind of start from from when I was growing up as a kid. Um, You know, alcoholism was kind of big in my family. Um, My mom suffered from it. Um, She would constantly, you know, she didn't really have much of an education. My grandfather kind of supported us growing up, living in Lone Meadow. Um, And so, you know, every other night she'd probably be at the bar and come home and I'd be watching my brother and then my sister, who was a couple years older than me, Um, she had a drug problem and she had a kid when she was 18 so my niece lived with us as well Um, and so we had my sister my brother and my niece and myself living there as my mom would be out and you know I'd kind of be the one child to try to step up and put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure um, I could hold the house but as time passed um, things got worse and worse and worse um, and instead of turning like my brother and my sister did, which, you know, they turned to kind of the drug outlet. I kind of turned to sports. And so um, I got out of the house, played a lot of sports and realized that what I was living through, my family situation um, isn't normal. And so um, I wanted to get out of the house and that's kind of when I decided I wanted to go to college. And so um, that's kind of how I cope with things. I, I hung out with a lot of friends. I was part of a team um i got away from what i was living through realizing that that's just it's not sustainable not healthy um and when i was 21 in college my sister passed away from a drug overdose um and you know my brother had his issues as well but he was closest with my sister because they were living at home they didn't go to college they didn't even graduate high school really so um when my sister passed my brother took it really hard um and then Three years later, um, I was in East Boston, living in East Boston. I graduated college, was an accountant, started at Ernst and Young, I was working there, and found out my brother was um, in a coma. Uh, he had overdosed as well, but he was still on a ventilator. So I got the call from home, um, and my mom asked me to come back to uh, Springfield, where he was. He was at the hospital, and so. I came back, uh, saw my brother on the ventilator. My mom was devastated and I hung out there for a week straight until the doctor finally said that, um, he was brain dead and he wasn't coming back from it. So when we got that news, my mom absolutely crashed. She, uh, she broke down. She lost it. I mean, she lost two kids, you know? Right. Um, so she was an absolute mess and I never will forget the day that, um, so my dad wasn't really in the picture. And when somebody passes, especially someone young, you go through and you decide if you can donate, if you want to donate any of the organs. And I remember when my sister passed, that was one thing I regretted, because she was young, healthy, could have donated organs. And so my mom couldn't answer the questions. Obviously, she didn't want to be a part of that. I couldn't imagine. So I stepped up and, and did it. Um, so we went through the list, said what to donate, and so forth. And then that night, we said our goodbyes. So well, we go home and we're kind of all drinking, hanging out, having a good time. And um, they took my brother off the ventilator and he took two breaths. So medically, you can't, um, you have to put them back on the respirator. You can't, you know, they're not officially dead. So I got the call because my name was on the, the organ list. Um, I got the call saying your brother took two breaths. So he's not technically dead. Um, and I had to go inside and tell my mom that. And my mom fainted. Um, and so I told her we immediately went back to the hospital, stayed overnight. And then they ran all these different tests. And the next day they said that he's officially brain in. So not only did we have to live through my brother passing once, it's almost like we lived through it passing twice. And I will never forget that night being home with my mom. Devastated. She had like pills on her bedside table thinking about taking all the pills, wanting to commit suicide because she felt like it was her fault that both of these people passed. And I, I was, I mean, I was a mess. I, I didn't know what to do. I just sat at the end of her t- uh, bed and just like made sure she didn't do anything stupid. Over time, things healed. Obviously things got better. Um, we started living our lives better. We, My mom and I became extremely close. Obviously we're the only ones left. Um, and then in, uh when i was 29 she was uh, actually i was like 27 she was diagnosed with with uh, lung cancer so um she struggled with it for a while um she was in remission actually after a few treatments and then it came back and she ended up passing away when i was 29 um and then you know just my in between that my father passed but he wasn't really close to me or my family. Um, I actually didn't really respect him that much because of how he, how he treated my mom and how he treated us as kids. But uh, after four, four deaths like that, within you know nine years, I never was one to bring things up. I never talked about these type of things. I never asked for the attention. I never wanted the sympathy. I thought this was normal. I thought everyone had their struggles and everyone does and I'm no one special, but I never talked about it. I tried to internalize everything and pretend like everything's going to be fine and never thought about it. Well, by the time I was 29, 30 years old, um, everything caught up to me. Uh, I would have a panic attack once a week thinking that I was dying. Um, I used to go to uh, my primary care physician once every two weeks thinking something was wrong with me. I just couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what was going on. I I just I looked at the world completely differently. I thought that uh, life wasn't fair. Um, I was blaming myself for a lot of the things that happened. I just didn't know what to do. Um, luckily, I had the greatest support group with my friends. Um, my friends are the greatest people in the world. I I just started opening up. I started telling them everything every single day. If I was feeling down, busted, depressed, they didn't judge me. Um, you know. Did I like the sympathy a little bit? Yeah, I did because I, I held it in for so long. I never got any of it. So um, when I started opening up to my friends more and more, and I was open to talk about things, it just it got so much better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have any more panic attacks. Um, I knew if I was starting to get anxiety, uh, I, I felt it coming on, and I knew I just needed to talk to somebody and tell them what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, I had a doctor. I got subscribed this medication that I've been on and I love it. I think it's perfect. I've been taking it every day for three years and I, and I really truly feel, feel awesome. I do feel great. I think, you know, I was dealt with the hard times for 10 years, but I think everything's turning around. Everything's a lot better. And, you know, that's a long winded story. And I know I probably overspoke, but it's just, you know, mental health is a serious thing. And I feel like people should talk about it way more.
0: You did not overspeak at all and again thank you for sharing your story you're crushing you're making everyone proud whether they're here right now they're looking at you and seeing all the great things you're accomplishing I mean Ian Y is big time firm just to start out of college so you have to be proud of yourself how far you've come and I think there's a lot of great things I was typing up in the notes here for when the episode goes live it's not okay to suppress our feelings as men especially the generality is you, you mess those feelings you that's just how it is. And at the spotlight story in a little bit, at one point it was Kevin Love's story. And this comes up sometimes where in the story he talks about, I was taught I'm a man. You don't talk out loud. You suppress those feelings. And that's what it was. And similarly to you, he started sharing his story and a lot of things improved health-wise. It's important to be supportive for others because you need to be supported as well. And those, those are great mental health boosters, just talking how to deal with anxiety? You gave a lot of great examples there, so thank you for that. And you touched on seeking professional help when needed. Go see a doctor if you think something's up. Give yourself that peace of mind, and talking about it may just be what you needed. But you mentioned you didn't always share it. Do you remember an exact moment where you did start sharing your mental health journey?
1: Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it was my mom got sick, uh, and I was living in East Boston with you know three of my best friends. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know why I always kept it in. I, I don't know. I I think it, I honestly think it was because I, I didn't want people feeling bad for me. Um, and I don't know. I just, I just didn't want people feeling uncomfortable. And then I remember being in East Boston with my best friend, Ted. Um, and I sat, I was sitting in my bed and I, I just broke down. I just told him everything. I was like, just, I felt like there was an elephant sitting on my chest constantly. And he was there when I was having my panic attacks and, I'm sure they all knew something was up, but they'd they'd never been put in that situation. so They couldn't understand. But then one night I just kind of unloaded everything. Just, you know, I just, I just thought things weren't fair. I just didn't understand what to do. I was just confused. It was a really dark place. And, you know, he gave me a lot of words of advice, you know, brought my other roommates up. We all started talking a lot more. Then I started calling my other friends and telling them. And then it just made me realize that um, everyone goes through their struggles. And if you hold it all in, nothing good's going to come out of that mm-hmm. versus opening up and no one's going to, you know, no one's really going to think of you a less a person for opening up about how you're feeling and, and being depressed and having a lot of anxiety. Like they're only there to support you and comfort you. So um, I truly believe that like having friends in the support group around you is really what makes you come out of this, these type of situations in a better place. I really do. I, I I can't believe for nine years I was,
0: I was holding everything in. I really can't. I mean, you, right there, you're not alone. And if anything, they won't look down on you. They'll draw you closer to them, build a better relationship. So great points there. I can't think of a better time now to hop into this spotlight story. As I mentioned, Dylan has a family member who experienced a brain tumor. So if anyone out there is listening on, this is also a situation you're in. I think we can add some value and help you here in the article titled Ways to help and cope when someone you love is diagnosed with a brain tumor. And there's 12 pieces here of advice in this article, and I'm going to share a few, and then we'll bring Dylan back on to get his take on it. The first one starts out, ask anything. Don't be afraid to ask anything during appointments. However silly it may sound to you, every question you have is valid, and I am a firm believer that knowledge is power. And when Pip was diagnosed, I threw myself to researching her illness. I read books, contacted specialists, and left no stone unturned. Obviously, this approach might not be for everyone, but it helped me to cope. I needed to feel useful, and it was a great comfort knowing that I was doing everything in my power to help Pip. And this is from Kate Bowen, whose twin sister Pip was diagnosed. Another one would be, don't think too far ahead. Discovering someone that you love has a brain tumor is a huge shock, but as difficult as it is, try not to get stuck on the headline or in other words, the diagnosis or prognosis. You can waste time and energy going over and over what the outcome will or might be when really what your loved one needs most is for you to be present here and now. And this one was from Claire Gregory, whose daughter Olivia was diagnosed. And now I'm gonna bring up one more and then bring Dylan back on to go over this. And the next one I'm gonna touch on is keep moving forward. When Pete was diagnosed, at first I needed time to absorb the news. Yet I quickly realized sitting around worrying would drive us crazy. We had to move ahead with life. We refused to let Pete's brain tumor become the thing that defined us. We'd always wanted children, and so after a lot of talks, we decided to start a family. Years on, we now have two beautiful daughters, Bella and Louisa, and I can't imagine what our life would be like without them. I'd advise anyone who finds themselves in a similar position to always live in the present and to keep moving forward with life you have to find a way to ignore it and keep going day to day if we hadn't made the choices we did we'd missed out on so much happiness and this one was from christina morton whose husband peter was diagnosed dylan what do you take away from this article
1: yeah i think a lot of that you know touches home um as you mentioned uh my niece when my niece is only kind of crazy it's only uh six years younger than me. So when she was six and I was 12, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, at that age, when you're diagnosed with a brain tumor, that, there's a pretty good chance you're not coming out of that. Um, so immediately when we found out, we were obviously all a mess. That's kind of where everything started taking off in my whole family. But um, my grandfather, that first quote that you read or the first situation that you read when you, do all the, you have to do all the research, you know, um no stone goes unturned read books my grandfather if it wasn't for him i don't know if she would have came out of that that alive because he did all of his research um and and made the decision to go to boston because we lived in western mass so we were going to springfield um bay state i think it was and so they gave her six months to live and my grandfather refused to believe that and did his research and we went to boston for a second opinion she had surgery um and to this day, she's uh, 28 years old with a child um, and still alive um, and great. No tumor, obviously. And I still think to this day, if my grandfather didn't do the research and didn't try to do everything he possibly could to get all the information he possibly could, um, she wouldn't be alive. So that, that does resonate a lot. Um, and it's absolutely true.
0: Yeah, I'm putting that in the notes too. That is so important. You need to do the research. Don't just take one opinion because look at all the great things that can have out of that. Thank you for that analysis on the article. I think let's dive right back into it. Dylan, this one's for you and to help everyone listening on. If you could pick two, and I say only two, so I, is the most important answers, the best help you can give. What are two things that really work well for you when improving your mental health?
1: said it a hundred times already in this uh... In, in this interview definitely talking with friends opening up with your friends um that is the number one thing don't be afraid to share no one's judging you if they are judging you you know they probably have their own issues going on to be honest um so definitely open up with friends and also speak to a doctor right. um it doesn't hurt at all i mean if you're on medication because of anxiety or depression you're not a bad person because of it at all um there's a lot more people on it than you think mm-hmm. so just don't be afraid don't don't don't
0: judge yourself too hard. Um, That'd be my advice. Well said. It's easy to give ourselves the hard part of it, not the benefit of the doubt, but I try to remind myself, even the advice you would give your best friend, sometimes I need to give to myself. The advice you give from the outside looking in is sometimes what you need. But before we sign off, I want to ask you for one piece of advice you have for all of our mental health champions who are tuning in today and may be struggling,
1: boy, one piece of advice: if you're struggling, uh, reach out to people. Do what you can to talk. Uh, don't hold it all in. Um, doesn't help you. Doesn't help anybody else around you. Um, but honestly, put yourself, surround yourself with good people, uh, people that will listen, people that will care. Um, that's a difference maker in in my mind. Um, you know, I'm married to Jenna, happier than I've ever been. I was in a relationship before this, and I was extremely depressed. That alone also saved me. You know, I, I don't know. I just, you surround yourself with the right people, and things will work out. Um, everyone has depression. Everyone has anxiety in some way or another. It's just how you cope with it, mm-hmm. and I believe, based on my experience, surrounding myself with the right people is, is the best thing that's ever happened to me.
0: And agree with you more we have our tampa family and these friends are our friends for life now tell everybody where they can say hello to you maybe reach out if they have a question all things dylan
1: yeah so i am not a huge social media person but if you uh i have instagram so if you look me up on instagram it's uh at dylan pettit um you can ask me any questions i'm very open i'm happy to talk about anything answer any questions anyone has i actually love talking about it um Because again, it's just, it's my coping mechanism. So I'm happy to help answer and do whatever I can to uh, keep this stuff moving forward.
0: I love that. Be sure to express how you feel and use him as motivation to not suppress everything. Go out there and take it day by day. You are not alone. Be sure to say hello to Dylan and I am at Vincent A. Lancy on YouTube and all social media. Until next Tuesday, mental health champions, have a good week and take a deep breath on a mental health break. Dylan, have a great week.
1: You too. Thanks, Mental.